Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NRL show, season two, episode 52. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. And tonight and this week, we are very, very excited to be introducing two brand new panelists. Um, tonight, as always, I've got Mickey and I've got Coz alongside me to introduce our two new starters. Um, well, let's tease it a little bit. Coz, Mickey, you've got massive grins on your face. Uh, for those that didn't get a chance to uh, dive in and listen to their debut episode, episode 51, if you haven't listened to that episode, it was an absolute cracker. So get back and have a... Have a bit of a listen. Uh, we spoke all things Paul Gallen, but uh, all right, we, we've, we've teased it out enough. Let's dive into our intros in the warm-up. And the one, and the two, and the one, two, three. Why you not Bishop wore buttless chaps to the bat mitzvah. Have a great broadcast. You too, darling. All right, team. Well, this is our first married couple uh, who are joining uh, Mojo Sports as panelists. Uh, loving it. Brings a, a, a different dynamic and a lot of energy to, to the show, which we're really excited about. Uh, Keon and Mia Carter, welcome to Mojo Sports. Welcome to the NRL show. We're so excited to have you guys part of our show. Mia, going to start with you. Talk to us about you know the your connection to rugby league, basically. Quickly, your background and the team that you support. Yeah, so I grew up um, in Western Sydney in um, the Rugby League heartland there in Penrith. Uh, played a little bit of footy when I was younger. I had to play with the boys um, and then grew up, sort of stopped playing it. There wasn't really those pathways in place when I was a teenager, which was unfortunate. Um, played a little bit as an adult and now I'm just a fan of the game, but also lucky enough to still uh, work in the game. So spent the last six years working for the NRL in game development um, and now I've just transitioned into teaching. So secondary teacher at Kira Park State High School and coaching in the girls' academy there. So still have one foot in the, the rugby league door there. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I'm definitely envious of your, uh, even your current career, you know, being able to mentor and support, you know, the youngsters coming through and staying connected to rugby league. And um, yeah, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a very, very special career you've got there, my friend. Uh, me, uh, sorry, Keown, jump in uh, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Um Again, we're all rugby league mad here. I've got a little bit of an inkling that uh, you're in the same boat. Yeah, I grew up um, on the south coast in New South Wales, so the Illawarra region there. Um, And then I had the opportunity when I finished uni to go to Melbourne and work in game development for Melbourne Storm. So I spent two years doing that and then I um, jumped back in to use what my degree was and teaching down in Melbourne and then spent two years travelling and teaching in England. Um, before moving back to Queensland and looking after female participation and growing pathways in that within the NRL for six years. But like Mia, I'm back in school and um, coaching girls footy and have, I've got a leadership role within my school now. So really loving that. I have more time at home and, you know, my weekends aren't taken up by work all the time. Yeah, I love it. And it's great to hear these success stories with those connected to the Melbourne Storm Club because isn't that just... That, that's just history repeating itself, isn't it? I mean, I've always said to players, I mean, if you're a little bit unsure about, you're at the crossroads with your career, um, park, park yourself out the front of Amy Park, uh, you know, down there at the Melbourne Storm headquarters and, uh, you know, it's going to turn your life around. But um, no, it, great to hear you've got a background there with that club and all the amazing things you've gone on to do. And um, yeah, again, 
um, supporting, mentoring that next generation coming through. It's uh, very, very special. But we're so excited to have you on the show to talk all things rugby league. And guys, we've got a big week. Let's dive into all things round 21. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to plan at all. Uh, and they run through our ass like sh- through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, team, let's dive into round 21 and our big feature game this week. We've got a couple of them, but the first one is Thursday night. Uh, 7.50, where the Sydney Roosters, who are currently sitting in eighth position, uh, take on the mighty Brisbane Broncos. And this game is being played at the SCG in Sydney. Uh, Mickey, you know, Roosters fan, how are you feeling about this one? Because, you know, based on, you know, I'm, I'm hearing, you know, different um, different predictions on this one. Seems to be a bit of a 50-50 game. Yeah, I think it's oh, it's going to be tough. Um, especially like, I don't know, even just last week, I feel like against Manly, our form, I don't know, I thought, I thought we were going to flog Manly. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was so confident about that game. And then it was sort of like, oh, yeah, it was an all right game. Um, especially like Brisbane have just been like in just, I don't even know. They've just been playing so well, so much better. I thought they would have been playing and Roosters have just been a bit unpredictable. Like we're sitting in eighth spot, but very luckily. Um, so it'll definitely be interesting. Obviously, I want Roosters to win, but, it, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if we go down with a loss. Because uh, just to make Mickey feel a little, little bit better, let's talk about the Brisbane Broncos. They obviously went down in, in a massive upset against the West Tigers last week. Um, you know, Pat, Pat Carrigan, you know, he's going to be spending some time on the sidelines. But, you know, for me, Brisbane Broncos, you know, they're, they're that person that kind of likes their own pictures on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like they kind of, you know, it, you talk about reading your own news headlines, but there's, there's not too many newspapers out there these days. But you, could, you see what I mean. They're, they're a young team. They were starting to get a little bit carried away with themselves, thought they were just going to walk through the, the West Tigers. Probably a bad time for the Roosters to get the Broncos because you, you would have thought there would have been some harsh words spoken, um, not just from the coaching staff, but being, I've been quite impressed with some of the leaders within the Broncos. You, you got a bit of a feeling that this is a potential bounce back for the Bronx. Yeah, it was a surprise loss, especially with how understroke the Tigers were. Um, so I think the yeah, Bronx would be switched back on for this this game and wanting to wanting to prove a point against the Roosters um, because that that just wasn't good enough um, how they played. Because yeah, like you said, everyone's been talking them up and how you know energetic they've been and how well they've been playing and. Um, just you know, their attacking flair, but that that just um, it was a strange, a strange one. It seemed like they they lost it in in the intensity. The the they just couldn't match the Tigers there just for that that period of time. Um, so this one will be an interesting one because, like Mickey said, Roosters um, they should have won much easier than they did against Manly, but um, they did just enough basically t- to win there. So. Um, I think two two teams with a point to prove, so it should actually be quite a good game to watch. Mia, we both know clunky football uh, because of the beloved team that we follow, and that's the situation with the Sydney Roosters and the narrative throughout the year. And this is get this is been spoken about each and every week is, you know, the, you know, the Roosters, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. They haven't. They still look clunky. Um, what, what's your kind of read on the Sydney Roosters? What's your kind of thoughts on them? I, I've got... I've got a, you know, I've got a few observations from from last round, but uh, talk to me a little bit about the Roosters before I dive in. Yeah, you're right. They they're looking clunky, which is very out of character 
for the team, um, reminding me a lot of our team, the Knights at the moment. And, yeah, it's it's not like them to not be in, in form and really working like a well-oiled machine, especially at this part of the comp. Um, normally by now you see those combinations clicking. Everything seems to be, you know, working like clockwork and it's 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 not there. It's looking um, very forced and rigid. Um, so I don't know, heading heading into the back end of this comp, um, I think they're in, they might be in a little bit of trouble for the first time in, in a little while, um, which I'm not mad about. You know, you sort of get sick of seeing some teams floating up there on their little cloud in the top four every year. So we'll just have to wait and see how it all sort of, yeah, pans out over the next few rounds. But they'll, they'll have, um, yeah, they'll definitely have the motivation to come out and play a big game this round against the Bronx. They're, they're, they're too little. I was looking at mm. their bench. Mickey, I, I don't know what they're doing. They, they, they're so little. Like, I mean, I, I'm this old school rugby league person that remembers the big, massive props, and I liked one, I liked two, sometimes even like three in old school rugby league. I get that I'm an old dinosaur. The game's faster. We need some small mobile players. But I look at the Sydney Roosters, I look at their bench, and they, they just, you know, and, and it just applies a lot of pressure to some of their starting front rowers because if there's any injuries, if there's any issues, obviously massive shout out to Lindsay Collins, another awful concussion for him. Um, hope that he recovers. But, you know, I've said it a few times. I really feel like the Roosters forward pack, you know, there's some issues there. Um, hey, look, you know, this is something that would benefit the Newcastle Knights. Go hard at Payne Haas. You know, you know that you talk about this sombrero. We'll go, you know, go and get pain, and then if you could give us the Knights, Luke Keary, we'll take him off your hands. Joey Manu to six, where his best football can be played. Give Sam Walker the team. There we go. I'll fix the Roosters, and I've kind of fixed the Knights along the way, and pissed off a lot of Brisbane Broncos supporters as well. Um, Keown, um, yeah, talk to me about the Sydney Roosters and the Brisbane Broncos, two clubs that. Yeah, I, I guess, I guess they, they, they've been on quite different journeys, but they, they find themselves in similar positions. Like if, you know, the Broncos lose this one, that's going to put them under a lot of pressure um, for the last sort of month as we head into the finals. Yeah, they do. I think um, the Broncos will take a lot of learnings out of last week's loss, though, um, especially to the Tigers and understrengths. I don't know what, what was going through their head when they ran out last week, but maybe it was a little bit of complacency. But with the Roosters, you know, you talk about great coaches. Trent Robertson's one of those. So he's still got a big career ahead of him and what he's been able to do there at the Roosters. Um, it's a hard one to pick that one. There's, um, It's probably going to go down the wire and either be a close game or one's going to blow out. But I, I think the Broncos will will come back harder and stronger. Yeah, they got Carrigan out, but I just think Reynolds will take control there. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Well, let's dive in with those predictions. So, um, you know, Keon, you, you've gone with uh, the Broncos, their upset win on the road. Uh, Mickey, you're going to go the Roosters. Uh, how do they win this one? Um, and, yeah. if you, and if you don't say Tedesco, <laughs> like, you know, obviously Teddy listens well, to the podcast, so. Yeah, no, definitely. Um Teddy will need to step up and do his little leadership thing for everyone, get it all, get them all back on track. Um, I, I liked um, how Jared played last week. Um, I don't care if anybody thinks he was grubby last week. I think we need that. Um, <laughs> I think he needs to continue with that because, that, yeah, as you were saying, like our sort of forwards and that's where we sort of do lose out. So having someone like Jared there I think really keeps – everyone fired up even Victor like he just again like he's another one of those players that I think just needs to fire up and really push through and 
yeah, hopefully get, you know, like Joey Minor a few tries and yeah, it's uh, no, I can I can see that happening because I, I kind of get sucked into that as well. You, you know, Tedesco, Manu, Kiri, Walker, um, even Verrills, I think, is playing some really good football at the moment. They got a lot of skilled players, but how are you feeling about this one? I'm just worried about this forward pack, my friend. I, I feel like they're missing Tupanua. I feel like that was a that was a yeah. huge injury for the Sydney Roosters. Uh, Takiaho, he's um, you know touch and go for this week as well, and Lindsay Collins is out, so. Yeah, can they can they somehow match it with the Broncos in the middle? This is this is going to be a beauty of a game. Yeah, I think it will be quite a good close game. But I leaning towards the Roosters. I think if Paddy Carrion's not there, like he does of so much work. Again, he's he's highly rated, but also underrated. So I think a lot of a lot of what he does, um, if there's no one there to do it, um, that'll be something that the Broncos really have to overcome. And I think also the fact that it's at home for the Roosters, I'm just, just leaning slightly towards them. Mia, you know those games where there's like two or three field goals kicked, you know what I mean? Like Sam Walker kicks one, thinks he's one, Adam Reynolds kicks another, they go into extra time and then they battle it out. I feel like that's that's the vibes I'm getting from this game. I'm still a little, little bit unsure. I'm a little bit 50-50. Let's give it to Sam Walker. Maybe Sam Walker comes up with a with a you know bit of a career-defining clutch kick in extra time there for the Roosters. But where are you going in this one? Because um, you know this is a really tricky game to predict. Yeah, well, he is a clutch player, Walker, um, and so is Teddy. I think um, even though Bronx will be out for a little bit um, of redemption, I do think at home um, with the classy lineup from the Roosters, I'll, I'd be tipping them to to get the win. I would love to see a close match, though, and I and I wouldn't be surprised if it if it was a lot closer than than people think it might be. Um, yeah, and they got to play. Think, they they got to play the SCG as well. Like it, it throws a lot of players off. It's a little bit of. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's uh, anyway. I, I know Reynolds is uh, he's had some reps there as well, but you know it, it is a little bit of a difficult one. All right, team. Well, let's let's dive over now to the local derby. Uh, another cracking game, uh, the Cronulla Sharks. What about what about their season um, so far in season twenty twenty two? Craig Fitzgibbon must be absolutely laughing, sitting back, being patient, waiting for those coaching opportunities. Half decent one pops up in the Sharks. I'll take that. Thank you very much. And he really has, um, yeah, put this team in a really good position. And then, uh, yeah, they're coming up against St. George at Leroy Dragons. Cos, <laughs> mate, I, I'm, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. It's difficult times as a Dragon supporter. But one of the things we've spoken about on the podcast before, when the local derby hits, you throw form out the window. We've been burnt too many times on this. Cronulla Sharks, St. George Laura Dragons, doesn't matter what's happening, where the teams are on the ladder, what drama's happening in the Dragons camp, these two teams go at it. So how are you feeling about the, about the derby? Can you guys get the upset here? The uh, the punters are off you, but, um, yeah, can you guys get it done? Well, I hope so, but I don't know. But like you said, when when it is a derby, it is a bit different. Um, you know, the, the team does rise to the occasion, but just – just on form, like what is doing that second half for the Dragons? Mm. Like they were in it against the, the Cowboys for the first half. I'm like, oh, but when there's hope, you know, that's when the disappointment comes in. But um, yeah, just I think on form, obviously, I'm going to have to tip against my team. But whilst Benny Hunt is in, in the side, you always give the Dragons some hope. But the thing is, you just need people to go with him and help him out. So I think we've said that all year, all season. He is the best player in the Dragons team. If there's no one there helping him, then, it, you know, but 
or dragons also like to pull out an upset. So let's hope that this is the week that they do it because I don't particularly like the sharks and I do like beating them. So yeah, well, let's I t- go. I tell you what, the fans need something. Keown, um, you know, you come from the Melbourne Storm system. You've seen everything perfected. I mean, even if the cafeteria, I don't know, every every element of the Melbourne Storm franchise club is run to absolute perfection. You look at the St. George Laura Dragons, and that may not necessarily be the case. Um, Hook, Hooks, his assistant coaches, um, you know, four or five weeks out from the playoffs when they're still in contention. Very odd, weird, weird situation. What's your read from the outside looking in at the, at, at the St. George Laura Dragons? Because um, they're a franchise that can go one or two ways at the moment. Yeah, they're a bit of rocks or diamonds, aren't they? You know, um, they're just a really inconsistent club, I think, and you've got Benny Hunt there. But like Cos said, unless you've got the other players around him that are consistent week in, week out, it, it makes it tough. Um, again, Anthony Griffin, is he the right person for the job? In my opinion, no. Um, but, yeah, they are a bit disjointed. They chop, they change. But you look at the most successful teams in the past, they're ones that have stuck by their coaching staff. You, you look at Queensland, you know, New South Wales, we used to chop and change our teams week in, week out, whereas Queensland stuck to who they had. So, you know, I don't mind the Dragons as a club, being a club near where I grew up and my dad loving them. But, yeah, they're just too inconsistent for me and not enough sort of leadership there beyond just Hunt. Mia, what, what would you do with the Dragons? Because, uh, you know, it's, it's, really, it's really tricky. Like I've spoken about this previously where – they're in an awkward situation where each and every year they want to come eighth. They want to be competitive and they want to play finals football. But do we play in the National Rugby League competition to come eighth? Do you know what I mean? Like, I get it. They've sprinkled in some of those old, experienced players here into the Dragons. But I'm starting to wonder whether this is a team that might need to get a little bit of a blow up because I just feel like maybe some pathways are getting blocked for some of these younger kids. Maybe you just blow this thing up you know, have faith in some of these youngsters because, you know, bringing them in and out of the team and, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like this is a team that lacks a little bit of an identity outside of Ben Hunt, obviously. Yeah, well, you're right, you know. I mean, from the outside looking in, it kind of looks like short-term fixes, bringing in old, experienced players, um, great, great players, but you got to look at, like, the long-term effects and what that's going to have on the club and, and are you going to set yourself up to to be premiership contenders or, you know, are you just going to keep plugging holes basically and, and Band-Aid solutioning key positions um, just to get you through the next season or the next couple of seasons? Um, I think, you know, blowing the club up, I, I like that. I like that suggestion. Well, I think that I think that could work. You just got to look for outside. I mean, cause can Zach Lomax play fullback? I mean, it's desperate times. We we gotta we gotta come up with something here. This this team can't can't just float through the next three, four, five years finishing somewhere between eight, ten, eleventh. I mean, it's just not really something that fans are going to accept. I mean, I wonder. You know, Ben's a great player. He's playing some really good football. But, you know, Zach Lomax, I just feel like he's got so much talent, but he's not really quite breaking through. Is he a player they really need to try and focus on getting a little bit more ball to? Probably, but just try something different. And also, Zach's a player, people have spoken about him a lot because, I don't know, I think sometimes he tries to do it all himself, I think, and then then people blame him or he doesn't do enough and then people blame him. So it's, it's a bit... I feel it's a hard. He's in a, a strange position as well as a player, and also our feelings towards him as a fan. Because what do we want him to do, and where where is he best? Where is he best positioned to play? So, 
But I think just the way that dragons are going, like let's try something, try something different and see if it works because, you know, something needs to change. Yeah, I agree, Cos. And I think as well, um, you know, you're, you're totally right. Like Lomax does cop a lot of heat, but that's only because he's, you know, one of their best players. So like you said, if he does something really well, that's great. But then the minute he does something wrong or he's not there in that clutch play or, you know, doesn't doesn't hit that field goal or something like that, he just cops all the heat from from the fans. Has has he played fullback um, I, in junior I, footy? I think he's played a little bit, but I, but I just wonder if you don't have an out-and-out star on your team. And, you know, Tyrell Sloan, there's a few young kids that are, that are there or thereabouts, but there's no one that's really grabbed hold of that jersey. I wonder whether you make these players, you know what I mean? Some clubs have had success with that. There has been players that have done these positional shifts. I mean, I don't want to compare him with like Darren Lockyer moving from, from fullback to six, but there are instances where you can change one of your stars' positions and it can work out for you. I just feel like the Dragons, they need an out-and-out superstar at fullback each and every week. Um, yes, it's great having an absolute strike centre. I'm respecting them more and more in the modern-day game because I'm trying not to be a dinosaur here where, you know, a few years ago centres weren't a big part of rugby league. But, um, yeah, anyway, look, it's 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 an, inter- it's an interesting debate. But, look, I, I think this is warming to will they make the playoffs? It's looking a little bit unlikely. But this is going to be a very, very important off-season because, um, yeah, uh, this is certainly a team that, that lacks uh, direction. Um, all right, team. Uh, yeah, gave the Dragons a little bit of a whack there. But, you know, I think it is what it is. We're getting to the crunch time part of the season a team that probably doesn't you know probably the opposite of that and deserves a lot of flowers is the Cronulla Sharks um Mickey just want to get your vibes on them um we show a fair bit of love to Nico Hines but how can we not I mean this guy's clutch he you know he's able to deliver it again um I spoke a little bit about what he would have got from the origin camp, you know what I mean? Sort of being in and around that squad. Obviously, you know, we, we ended up losing the series, but he really has came back into the shark system, and yeah, he's a he's a special footballer. Yeah, I guess him being in there could have been something that boosted his confidence. Like confidence makes you more confident. So, um, him being able to go in there and get that different sort of coaching that he would would be getting at sharks and then also different again to what he would have had at melbourne um just yeah seeing his game just just being able to say just like, go, you, Nico, yeah. you're, you're the guy you know and continuing to build that confidence in because i you know that was the big thing going from the storm to the sharks you know he was a guy you know he was part of that system and then when he moved to cronulla he's the guy and i think you know constantly getting that you know reminding him of that building up that confidence i think that's a big part of it um you know a couple of other call outs uh, my man toby rudolph uh for those that haven't gone out and bought his jersey what an out and out superstar obviously we spoke at length about the jersey debate and some of the challenges we had and our perspectives on that if you hadn't had an opportunity to go back have a bit of a listen of that but toby rudolph coming out and you know talking about his own sexuality um you know coming up in the clutch you know we know that there are a lot of players in uh, in that situation who you know for right or wrong reasons don't come up and speak up about it so toby shout out to you for for, for coming up and speaking that was that was a huge moment for our game, and there's a lot of young people that, um, young and old, that really respected that. So Toby Rudolph, what a star off the field, and what a star on the field. You know, he he, had, he backed it up. He had an outstanding performance on the weekend, and uh, yeah, Toby Rudolph now in my top three favourite plays, that's for sure. Um, also, uh, Coz, just want to give a little bit of love to Talakai. Uh, Coz, you would have loved it, but he had a little bit of a difficult origin series, um, but... 
again, he's gone, gone away, licked his wounds, and we're starting to see a little bit of that early season Talakai. He was a monster in that last game, and you know, probably a guy who's um, yeah going to cause some problems for your Dragons. Well, I hope not. I hope he doesn't hit that form that he was um, in before the Origin series because he he is a handful. So um, if they can shut him down, that that'll be a, a good sign for the Dragons going towards winning the game. So. Yeah, he's quiet. Yeah. He's, he's starting to get into a mood, that's for sure. And and this team, they 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 going places. They're going to be competitive. All right, team. I'm getting a bit of a sense we've got a sharks clean sweep here. Besides, caused. Am I right in my predictions? Am I getting some nods? Yes, I've got Cronulla. I've got Cronulla. Mickey's got Cronulla. I've got Cronulla. There you go, cause you're on an island by yourself. But as we spoke about at the start, local derbies they can throw up any results. So gamble responsibly. But cause is all behind her mighty St George Illawarra Dragons. All right, team. Well, let's dive into our final segment for tonight. Rapid fire. And hey, we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Your apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're. Cos, we're going to dive straight into this. Um, we're going to power our way through the remainder of the games in round 21. Uh, you've got Amy Park, the Melbourne Storm, coming up against the Gold Coast Titans. A uh, bit of a tricky one because a lot of people are talking about the Melbourne Storm as if they're about to win a wooden spoon. But yet, looking at the betting market, they are heavy favourites coming up against the Gold Coast Titans who they've had the season from hell. Um, two teams that have gone through a lot of adversity. Um, how do you see this one playing out? I'll oh, be short and sharp, but I think Storm got their mojo back. Um, they uh, back on track last week, so I think they'll expect them to win, especially at home. I think the Titans they they are a, they have a good team in there, and they can they can play, but they just can't play a full game. So I don't think that'll change this week, and I think um, the Storm will 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 beat them. Yeah, no, that that's right. We have been so consistent on the Tigers and a team that struggles to play eighty minutes and in this competition it's, it's just not it's just not good enough. And uh we are putting a lot of pressure on Justin Holbrook, who I think is a good coach. Uh, it's a very difficult situation there. But you know, in saying that, earlier on in the season, who knows when the Titans were really struggling, Melbourne were flying, this could have been an absolute blowout. Maybe the Titans get a little bit close here. Um great value there in that market as well. Keep an eye on that. All right, uh, Coz, uh, 7.55 Friday night at Four Pines Park. Uh, the Manly Warringah Seagulls in 10th position now. That loss last week, we spoke about it. That's huge for them in terms of their finals. It's huge for Desi's contract as well. He's got a bit of a clause written in there around the playoffs. Um, they come up against the Parramatta Reels. No Mitchell Moses. Manly get some players back. Um, yeah, this is this is going to be another – this is going to be a great game, this one. Yes, I think this one I had as being a much closer one, and I'm – I don't know if it's an upset, but I'm going to tip the yeah. Well, it's an upset. Tip the Seagulls. I think the team have something to prove, especially the players coming back in. Because um, despite you know how many they they didn't have playing last week, they they did put up a pretty decent challenge to the Roosters. And I think um, they'll they'll the players coming back in will want to show you know what they can do. And also, like you mentioned, if a win might hopefully push them back into the eight. So there's a lot to play for. But the Eels obviously. Um, on a high after last week, so they'll have plenty of confidence. But I think um, just, yeah, just the two teams there, I'm tipping an upset with the Seagulls. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating clash. Uh, Manly, they had a bit of an emergency meeting. Uh, they were a very much a, a fractured, um, you know, playing group. Apparently the meeting was a little bit 
uh, you know, not so great to start with, but from all reports, they were able to sort of walk out of that um, in a really strong position. And look, to be honest, I think it's off the back of Daly Cherry Evans' leadership. I think he's been really strong, um, him and Desi Hasler, through this. So can they bring that club back together? They don't have a lot of time to figure it out. A little bit of a uh, an ironic situation for the Parramatta Reels. Their fans have been picking on poor Jacob Arthur. Look, if you guys are going to continue to pick on talented halves, um, give him to us at the Knights. We are, yeah, we'll, we'll give anyone a run in their halves at the moment. But uh, anyway... Situations happen with Mitchell Moses. Arthur's going to come in. He's probably going to save the day and a big opportunity for Dylan Brown. Let's all let's all get let's all get behind Dylan Brown and see what he can deliver. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see now with Mitchell um, taking some time on the sidelines. All right, let's move through to our next game. Uh, Keon, you've got the South Sydney Rabbitohs in seventh position coming up against the New Zealand Warriors. Uh, this is the Saturday three o'clock game, Sunshine Coast Stadium. Uh, yeah, thoughts on this one. Yeah, different Rabbitohs team this year than what we were seeing this time last year in the season. But in that matchup, you know, the, the Rabbitohs are 11 wins out of the 12 matchups there. And, you know, you can't go past that now with Luttrell back and they've just got some real energy now moving forward and seem to be finding their groove. I just think they'll be far too good uh, and good opportunity up at the sunny coast too to um, get a win about, um, against the Warriors when they're uh, they're quite – well-supported up here in sunny coast, the Warriors, but I just think they're going to be too good. Yeah, I don't get the war. I don't I, look. I, I love Stacey Jones. He's an absolute legend, but you know, I think I think um, Webster can't get there quick enough because they you know, I, someone needs to get in there and really figure out this Warriors franchise because the way that I see it in simple terms. I'm looking at their team and a few of their best players are not going to be there next year. So, you know, where the Warriors go from here, it's going to be very, very interesting. And the Rabbitohs, uh, hey, a little bit of a shout-out Lockie, Lockie Ilias. Copped a lot of shit at the start of the year and he's starting to find his way. So good on Lockie. And, um, yeah, yeah, good luck tipping against, um, yeah, a, a team that has Latrell Mitchell. Um, he is... He's warming up. Uh, this is going to be a, a pretty special run into the finals, I think, there. Um, Mia, you have got our 5.30 game on Saturday, the Canberra Raiders, who are really starting to find their way. They are playing very desperate football at the moment. They need to. They're sitting in ninth position. This is in Canberra, coming up against the Penrith Panthers. Um, they're a real chance here. No Luai, no Nathan Cleary. This is going to be one of the games of the round. 100%. And, um, look, I've gone the Raiders. Uh, Let's for- go. For a few of the reasons you just mentioned there, I think um, Raiders always tough at home. Just a different level of cold down there when you when you travel. Um, I think an understrength Penrith team is coming up against a Raiders team that has just really hit their form at the right time in the competition. Um, loving the White and Fogarty sort of combination that's happening in the halves there. Um, Hudson Young's playing some outstanding footy as well off off his half. So I think. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely. I'm gonna actually definitely back the Raiders in here. I, I reckon. Um, I reckon they're a good a good get for that game. And and hey, like a little bit of love to Ivan Cleary as well because that you know the Penrith Panthers when they lost Nathan. They just shit the bed in that first half. They were panicking. They were doing stupid stuff. And you could just tell Ivan walked in there at halftime being like, you know, with that cool, calm, composed attitude that he's got being like, guys, what the what the hell are we doing? Like the simplify it. So I think a week of coaching with those reserve grade halves is going to be really interesting. The Canberra Raiders, they are really going to have to turn it on because, um, yeah, this, this is this, they're not going to be a walkover the Penrith Panthers. I, I think Ivan Cleary, he's done a good week of coaching on for this one. Yeah, I think, I think he will definitely. Um, I think Raiders just probably have a little bit more to play for though. You know, mm. I wouldn't, I mean, Ivan is a great coach and, and he's going to do everything in his power to get him back on track for this game. But I think, you know, 
Pen- Penrith are safe. They're they're gonna they're gonna cruise through regardless. Raiders have got a lot more to lose, so um, I wouldn't be surprised if we if we see a really high high quality performance from from the Vikings down there. Yeah, gamble responsibly. But a Raiders win, a couple of tries to Jackie <laughs> White, and he puts a team on his back. I can see that happening. Uh, happening. Uh, let's check that out, Mickey. Uh, you've got our two o'clock game on Sunday. The Canterbury Bulldogs who. Okay, gave my Knights, like, you know, forget the score. They absolutely <laughs> flogged the Knights last week. They're playing some great football. Josh Adokar, I mean, he is, he's turning around a franchise from the wing. What an absolute superstar. How did he not play State of Origin? Anyway, that's a tangent for another day. Coming up against the North Queensland Cowboys, who, um, you know, they're, they're, they are a bit of a fairy tale in their own right for season 2022. Um, this will be another great game. And this is in uh, Bundaberg. Who gets this game? Who gets, this, uh, who gets the two points here? Yeah, I I think I'm I I've tipped Cowboys. Um, although like Bulldogs have been playing pretty well the last sort of couple of weeks, so I think it will end up being interesting. Like even just Cowboys against Tigers, they should have lost, um, but they didn't, and um, so that was like a really close game to a like one of the bottom teams. So it's almost like Cowboys aren't performing against the bottom teams. It's like they're almost losing these games that they should be flogging the team. So I think it won't be – I don't think it'll be a flogging like some people might think, but it'll definitely be a good game. Yeah, I, I think it will. I think it'll be nice and close. And, and you know, just quickly on the Cowboys, they're a team where – and that's why I think people have got to be a little bit fair when they look at their player rosters, you know, where they you slowly build up a club because – you know, you just look at their 1-17. to 17. I challenge anyone, go out there, have a look at the Cowboys 1-17. to 17. They have some out-and-out superstars. How do they do it? How do they go under the radar, slowly build this team? And Toddy Payton deserves a massive pat on his back. I'm looking at their bench, the outstanding. Ruben Cotter's back. Um, I can't wait to see the Cowboys roll into, roll into semifinals football. I can't, I can't wait for the finals football uh, to come around, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, I think Cowboys will get the job done here. All right, team, um, cue the sad, the sad, somber music. Uh, West Tigers coming up against the Newcastle Knights, 15th v 14th. Um, <laughs> blockbuster game. Uh, millions of people will be tuning in across the globe. Ah, Campbelltown as well. So the Knights have got to do this on the road. Look, this is really, really challenging. Um, running into the Tigers at the wrong time. That just Jackson Hastings, he is a very, very popular um, part of that team. And I feel like the Tigers, they would have copped that as a significant loss. But Adam Dewey, I've been really impressed with his leadership. And I've got a little bit of a feeling that the Tigers would have got together and say, hey, you know, Jackson gave it his absolute all for this club this year from the UK. Let's do a little bit of something for him. So... Look, could go a couple of different ways, but I actually think that the Jackson Hastings injury, it might bring the Tigers um, a little bit closer together. They don't have to be too close to come up against the Newcastle Knights. I cannot give them a harder assessment at the moment. They have no identity. Uh, Their spine is playing less than ideal. They lack structure. They lack... It's it's bad. It, it's really poor football. And um, you know, one of the things that is totally unacceptable to wear a red and red and blue jersey is the lack of effort and intensity in defence. Um, awful football. Terrible football. Uh, Newcastle Knights. If they're not careful, they'll um, the Tigers will put a score on them. They are they are in a, a really difficult situation. And um, you know, it's all about them now. If they want to keep the coach around, they really need to start showing some different performances. Um, again. Awful football from the Newcastle Knights. They need to turn this around.
All right, team. Um, hopefully one day I don't have to keep whacking my mighty Newcastle. It does hurt me. It does hurt me. I do love the club. I have every jersey. But I got to keep it real. We're in we're in dire straits at the moment. But that's all the time we have tonight. Just want to thank my amazing crew, always uh, bringing the heat as we talk all things rugby league. We're passionate. We love our football. It's round twenty one. We're inching our way closer to the semifinals. An incredible debut week uh, from our new starters in Kion and Mia Carter. Uh, welcome to Mojo Sports family. It's great to have you on board. And to our listeners, we really do appreciate your support. Uh, continue to download the podcast, share with family and friends. Thank you for choosing Mojo Sports, and until next time, I'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.